You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 Podcast Studio, welcome to another Colts Blue Zone Podcast alongside Mike Chappell and Matt Adams. I'm Dave Griffiths. We appreciate you having the time to listen to us as OTAs are set to begin out at team headquarters, chap. This is a beautiful studio. I just, I just want to tell you, <laughs> we kind of touched on it last week. We've got the, two, we got two ladders over here, just sitting on the ground here. There's one looks like it's about I, I, ten I, foot, the, one the about back, eight foot. The backdrop foot. is amazing, but we, we will soldier on. Yep, we've got uh, lots of lights kind of stuck up in the corner. A few uh, other microphones just sitting on the ground. Wires just, coming just, out of the wall. I just wanted to mention that. But, see, it's it's a beautiful space. But yes, you don't don't you wish you could see it? Uh, you you really don't. You you can just listen to it's us. It's almost like my garage. And be happy with that. It really does. Uh, we just need uh, Chap's lawnmower here, and uh, <laughs> that he uses to to cut the grass of uh, the beach grove. Yes, yes, we do. But uh, plenty to talk about today as OTAs are set to begin. Um, we've got uh, some news about rules in the NFL. We've got roster notes. We've got some complaints that were Colts related. Um, we've got our top five, top five, top five things that we hope to see at OTAs this week. And we've got a mystery topic that is not included on here that I wanted to bring up that we will get to shortly. Is it not on the list? It is not on the list. Are we allowed to go off list? We, yeah, well, yeah, oh, yes, yes. I'm, I'm going to make it. Make yes, it happen. You can do that. That's no so, problem. Like my my, uh, my kids are now very interested at one and three in watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse where they have the mystery mouse tool where yes, they uh, yes. have a special tool <laughs> that and, helps and them later. Got, diggity and dog. if you're yes. beyond five years old, you know it's not a mystery. Exactly, you yes. Know, you you want to hammer to hit a nail on yeah, all this stuff. this is the mystery mystery podcast topic right here that's uh, that we will get to in not too long I promise we, I, I won't keep you in suspense but anyway we'll we'll begin by uh, giving a happy and hearty celebration a birthday for Anthony Richardson this week on Monday turned 21 year, years old so now he can legally uh, have a uh, glass of alcoholic beverage of his choice to uh, to celebrate the fact that he is now the Colts uh, starting quarterback here. You can and go he out, would probably buy. I, I think he should buy. Uh, you can go out with the Reggie Wayne. He has uh, had his uh, his fair share of adult beverages uh, over his career that he likes to talk about. Him going to go enjoy an adult beverage is what he always said uh, when he's out by uh, out by the the beach and. Now uh, he's he's choo- choosing not to be at the beach, but uh, I don't think Reggie needs a beach to have an adult beverage. No, he but does. It helps. It does. It it absolutely does. But happy birthday to Anthony Richardson. Also, Colts great Gary Brackett has a birthday this week as well. Happy birthday to Big GB um, and uh, everything that that he meant for the franchise during his time uh, here. Um, so some brief brief roster notes which we will touch on. Uh, the Colts have signed free agent tight end Caden Smith, who is a fifth round draft pick back in 2019. Uh, he's played for San Francisco. He's played for the New York Giants. He's caught a couple passes, gained a couple yards, scored a couple touchdowns in his career. But uh, Chap, Chap, as you point out, this, he he's uh, joining a rather busy uh, a tight end room already. They probably need to bring a chair or two yeah. in the room. Uh, a seven. I believe there's seven now. And again, it's all about competition. And training camp will whittle it down, and you can never have too many. Yada. But we were joking that if you forget the names – they signed a tight end and waived a guard. I would kind of wish it was the other way around. You would think so. But, you know, that's it's they're doing what they're doing, and they're always trying to – what this is is – and it's I didn't post a story on the website because it's not – there's got to be a level of importance, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and th- this is what, what, what they do so much at this time of year is that they're, they're tweaking the bottom – Quartile, the bottom quartile <laughs> of the roster, 
Mm-hmm. So, but hey, if he makes it, he makes it. And they've just got so many tight ends and not enough offensive linemen. And, and the thing about it is, Matt, there, there's all these tight ends that have at least a little NFL experience. And the offensive linemen, the, those that are on the roster, there, there are like fewer of them that have NFL experience. And given, the, given where the team had struggles last year, as Chap alluded to, you would think it would be the exact opposite situation. You would drop one of the tight ends, you'd go at an offensive lineman. I mean, I, this is not an acquisition that is going to blow the top off the Colts roster or anything like that. It's just, it was curious to me because they drafted Will Mallory in the fifth round. They had already put two fairly high draft picks into Drew Ogletree and Jelani Woods. Kylan Granton's not that old either. And then so, they uh, signed Pharaoh Brown in the offseason. You've got Mo Ali Cox there as well. So I'm just like, how many guys do you need in your tight end room? Yeah, yeah you say it's not going to blow the lid off the Colts roster, but dang it, we're still going to complain about <laughs> it for crying out loud because you, you let go of an offensive lineman. Gee whiz. And, and you add a tight end. So. Nevertheless, uh, the team has uh, waived, as we said, a guard, Harris Lachance, who signed earlier this month as an undrafted free agent. He actually played with their draft pick, fourth rounder Blake Freeland at BYU beforehand. So um, preseason games, uh, we'll get to OTAs in a little bit. We'll kind of circle back to that preseason games. We know for sure the Colts will play at Buffalo. They'll play at home against Chicago, which will follow some joint practices. Those are August 12th, August 19th. And then they'll play at Philadelphia, which is a prime video game, national game, Matt. Looking forward to seeing the Colts on Amazon because they're not going to be on Amazon Thursday night football. (laughs) No, they they most certainly will not. That is such a pain because – I don't have Prime. So, oh, no, chap. So I, I don't know what I'm going to do. You'd have to get do, do they Do they normally, when they're on Prime, do they, does a local affiliate pick it up? I think they have the ability to do so. so. They, they usually, I know that 100% for a regular season game, they would for, a, I'm sure Pre-season. that somebody in the market will probably yeah. carry that here yeah. locally. It's been Fox 59. We have carried preseason games lately over the past several years, and I think we've diverted all of them to Fox, not to CBS 4. So well, Hopefully someone with Fox... If only, yeah, if only we knew people who worked at Fox 59 to, to see, hey, what's going to go on? It, it, it's kind of one of those situations like when a game's on the NFL Network or something like that. But I don't know if that applies to a preseason game. I think that it does because we usually do carry them live. Right. There, somebody, somebody does in the market. There was a uh, little complaint with the, uh, the NFL and the Colts and the Washington Commanders that apparently somebody had allegedly uh, made some ventures toward Andrew Luck uh, during his uh, – quote-unquote retirement, and Jim Ursay was quoted just a few weeks ago or a few short weeks ago just complaining about that, saying uh, that uh, that if anyone has approached Andrew Luck, that's a clear violation of NFL Hands tampering off. rules. Yeah, exactly. But the NFL has uh, has deemed that there was no such tampering by the Washington Commanders regarding Sounds Andrew like Luck. Sounds like a really extensive investigation. Exactly, yeah. They really dug deep into this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I don't think they really want to dig too Agreed. deep into this one, to, and this to be fair. this is one where I think Ursay was just sort of saying, hands off our guy. Marking his territory, so to speak. Yeah, in a way. that's a visual. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's, not, yeah no, that's not what I meant to do, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're not exactly wrong. Um, tampering punishments can be pretty severe. We saw the Miami Dolphins lost their first round pick this year for uh, the uh, Tom Brady, Sean Payton uh, related tampering. Also lost the third round pick next year. The owner got slapped too. Yeah, they yeah. got fi- a big fine. Suspended fines and a like a million, yep. million and a half dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So just, hands off. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to get caught doing these things. So uh, so no no further action deemed necessary right now with uh, with Andrew Luck. Um, we'll we'll get to the rules in a minute. It's time for my mystery, 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 mystery podcast topic. Guys, this week Jim Ursay tweeted out his list of the top Ooh. five players in the NFL. And 
took a, a lot of time. heat from it. Yes, he did. My goodness, a ton. He went of into heat Michael Jackson moonwalking. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's rock this back. So here is what happened for those of you who are are, are lucky enough not to be in on Twitter and uh, all the drama that transpires because of Twitter. Uh, and social media and everything like that. So on Saturday this week, Jim Ursay tweets out, quote, this is after, uh, this is after Jim Brown passed away, by the way. Um, and this is probably the, the impetus toward this tweet. Uh, Jim Ursay tweets, quote, on my list of top five greatest NFL players of all time in our 103-year history, I have top five as, number one, Jim Brown out of? Syracuse. Syracuse University. Darn right. That, that that's my addition. That's not from that's not. Whenever from you hesitate, it better be Syracuse's the answer. That's, that's right. That is the I'm answer. Gonna follow you'll you'll with, learn this, Matt. Yeah, that yeah, I got to right get right trained. On exactly. It. I, I've heard it enough, but I'm, yeah. not, I'm not in the moment. <laughs> you haven't said, sat in on it enough. But number two, uh, Jim Mercer's list. Number two, Tom Brady, worthy addition. Number three, John Elway. Number four, Deacon Jones. Number five, Reggie White. So that's the first tweet that was sent out by Jim Mercer. What was your first reaction to seeing that tweet, uh, Mike Chappell, since you have such a long and star-studded history with uh, Jim Irsay? I didn't agree with – I mean, but uh, – Nobody's going to agree I, with I any knew, top five, first he of all. Was, he was going to catch flack, and mm-hmm. the fact that he put Brady on over Manning was was hard to miss because even if you think – and, I, and I, I even put out there, I said, you know, I would I would not, not have put Elway on – but I can have the Manning Brady debate, mm-hmm. and you can. But but it, it, it was really strange that that he left Manning off. Th- this is your guy. This is the guy that that saved football in Indy. He did, and so yeah, it was strange. And he had to know he was going to get blowback, and he had to get blowback. I, I like I I've thought way too much about this for for the past couple of days. To be perfectly honest, guys, I've thought <laughs> way too much about this because, like, I, I look back to what Ursay has done really this year on social media and leading up to the draft. Like, he really trolled Colts fans on social media for the few months leading up to the draft about, "Ooh, I have a great relationship with the Chicago Bears. We have the, what, what quarterback is out there? Uh, that guy from Alabama looks good. Will we go quarterback?" Will we go elsewhere? Uh, who knows what it's going to be like? He he has made a, a he's made it consistent, like really pulling on the heartstrings in a bad way of Colts fans on social media over the past couple uh, months. And I like this just seems to be the the latest edition of it. And it's incredibly baffling to me why the owner would continue to do this. Like it, it makes no sense to me. And why would you tweet this out? If your guy, if the favorite player Isn't in your franchise it. history is not on it, if the guy who gave you a Super Bowl is not on it, why would you even think to do it? It makes no sense. Not that Jim Ursay's, not that I should put too much uh, effort into understanding Jim Ursay's mind, but it just blows me away that this tweet left his fingers onto his phone and went out into the universe because it, it's a, a I, like I love all five of these players. They're all incredible players, very good NFL history type players. But the fact that you don't have a Peyton, you don't even have a Johnny Unitas who you talk about all the time as as the guy in this franchise before Peyton, long of course before Peyton. That it, it was, it, in my opinion, it was a horrific omission. And I was just blown away that this that that this tweet act came from him. And I just I just like I said I, I put way too much effort into 
uh, into this for the past couple of days. Maybe I'm I'm taking it too seriously, but I just thought it was ridiculous. Yeah, it, it was odd. I mean, I did a double take at that in in the Twitter feed, and uh, I was just you, you know I'm like, well, okay, obviously he's going to give us top five players. Peyton's going to be in there, and then you see Brady and Elway, and I was kind of I, I didn't I didn't understand that. Uh, I mean, again, they're all great players, and, and you're going to have your own list, and you can have whatever opinion you want. But as the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, who tweets to a pro Colts audience, it was kind of an auto mission. If you had 50 NFL types, either you know execs or, or media guys and you had 50 of them do their top five you might get 50 lists of top fives i think so absolutely so, so that, but that, I, I enjoy that part of it but again for the owner of a team who for so long you know extolled the values and the and the worth and the the importance of peyton it just and i'm telling you if you think that didn't catch Peyton Manning's eye, you're crazy. Yeah, like, like, like. Here's, here's. I'll continue this point because I think this is really interesting to go down. Like, if you talk to the owners of 31 other teams, or 30, if you're not counting the Green Bay Packers, who are owned by everybody, uh, if you go to the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, Reggie White's going to be on that list, and maybe even Chuck Benerick is on that list. Concrete Charlie from back in the 60s who played both ways, all pro, both sides The Roonies may have five Steelers on there. Exactly. Like you go to the, the Roonies, then you'd certainly have guys like maybe a Jack Lambert on that list. Or or if you go to the, the New York Giants, you have Lawrence Taylor on that list. If you go to the Washington Commanders slash Redskins, maybe you have John Riggins on that list and what he meant to that team. Like you, 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 you it's just, I cannot believe that this happened. I cannot believe that this happened with how great Peyton Manning was at all of his MVPs and his super, like, it makes no sense to me and I'm freaking out about it. Maybe I shouldn't be. I'm not a Colts fan, but I cover the Colts and I just can't understand why this happened. I can't do it, guys. I feel like we need to push Dave's reset button on this You might one. have to. So anyway, anyway, you have to push. He's got a real good point, but now he's, he's so far down the rabbit hole. But, but, but he makes a very good point. Maybe over the top, but, but As he, I makes, do. he makes a great point. And the fact that the John owner, Elway refused to play for your exactly. franchise. That's, that's what got I, me. I don't know that, that is John Elway considered a top three quarterback all time. What? Well, let, let's get to the next tweet now. Oh, we, we've got one tweet down. We've got more to know, guys. He, he was so, there was so much backlash or rethinking that there were, were two or three other Yes, so next on Saturday, apparently a couple hours after that first one, uh, he had received enough backlash to tweet out, no doubt, Peyton, there we go, Barry Sanders and Jerry Rice in the top 10. It's just that Elway didn't have great offensive players around him till the end when he won two in a row. He won two in a row because of Terrell Davis. Yes, Mm -hmm. he did. And his feet were remarkable from baseball talents. So he had great feet, apparently. And was, he had a um, good baseball, a great baseball, baseball talent. potential. Yes, exactly. So there, there was the second tweet. On Tuesday. Mm. Oh, wow. We've, yeah, we've here we go. We've got, we've got more. We've got uh, from Saturday to Tuesday now, uh, three days later. Uh, he, Jim tweets out, my all-time top five ranking was casual, i.e., I've received so much blowback on this, I need to change it. But I'm not above more thought and reassessment. Mm. My tweaks to my top five. Jim Brown, the NFL Babe Ruth, always number one. Which you can, if, if you watch him play, you, right. I think and you that, might argue a little bit, but I think most people 
I think they're gonna, they're they're going to be mythical figures from each era of football that per- people grew up watching. Well, did he win? He said, well, like you, you you might like Adrian Peterson, but you did not see Jim Brown. Did you he, might like Jim Barry like Sanders. Eight, eight rushing titles in nine something years, something like that. Yeah, and then he retired because he's done everything. No, he's uh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go act. Yeah, and can be an activist. He was, uh, and yeah, exactly, and and quite the actor and activist he was. Anyway, Jim Brown, the NFL Babe Ruth, always number one. Deacon number four. Jerry Rice number five has now jumped into the top five, which makes a lot of sense to me. And number two, and thus number three, neck and neck between Brady Payton, both amazing to watch and contributors to the game. So they're top five. Exactly. So now he knocked Reggie White out of the top five, which I will also go into a rant. No, I don't need to rant <laughs> about that, but he would certainly be in my top five. I, I, I might have Lawrence Taylor in my top five. Exactly. Like you could certainly argue Lawrence Taylor over, over Reggie White in the top five. I mean, and, and, and that's where you're nitpicking. What, what, yeah, what's your preference totally. of, of disrupting force in the NFL? I, I know. And this is, this is not trying to get into a top five players of all time argument. This is just a, 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 a Jim Ursay, what are you doing argument. How, how is any me. top five doesn't include Jerry Rice? Yeah, I know. I, it, I don't know. It, it's a great mm-hmm. debate, but it shouldn't be a great debate after you give a preface as right. you did. His, his last tweet, finally, on this topic uh, on Tuesday. Well, you have to have criteria on a top list of NFL great players. When it comes to changing a franchise on and off the field, Peyton is a clear number one for his overall influence. And that is certainly an argument that, that you can make with what influence he had to keep the franchise here in Indianapolis. He, he changed the city's skyline is something I believe you have said or has been said before in the past, Mike. If not for Peyton, I really believe, and I've said this, that may, there may not, there probably isn't a team here. As much as Jim Irsay would not have wanted to do it, he might have had to relocate his team. That's the value and the importance, the footprint that this guy left. So it, it's 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 a great debate, and again, one of the great debates also is how do you rank quarterbacks? You know, and, and let's not forget there were there were players and quarterbacks. You know, before 1970, there were a lot of great players. Mm-hmm. Guys so, who changed the position of quarterback. That's yeah. like, I'm saying if, if the Minnesota Vikings owner put mm-hmm. this out there, he would put Fran Tarkenton on his right. list because he was one of the first major mobile dual threat quarterbacks that changed the game in the Miami NFL. Miami would have Dan Marino. Of I mean, it, it's, that, but that, that's what made it so. I'm losing my mind, you guys. <laughs> right, right. So I, 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 I guess he didn't anticipate. The fear that was raised in me, but he should have. You're not. <laughs> you're not alone. The, no, no. The you're fact not. there were yeah. there were, and like I said, I'm not even a Colts fan, and, and right. I'm reacting like this. Yeah, but just again, it's just because of the importance. You get past the importance of what Peyton was to the city, which is undeniable. He, he, the footprints he left in, in the NFL, you know, the five MVPs and the the two Super Bowl wins and the four what four appearances and the fifty some touch all that. It's undeniable. So it, it was. It, it's just. It's creating something where it was, wasn't necessary and it wasn't there. You just say Jim Brown was the best player of all time. That's all you have to say, and, right? Because once there you, you know, once, you get, once you get past there, you're going to catch hell, and you're really going to catch it locally when you don't include number eighteen. And they built a statue of the guy they outside built a their stadium. stadium. <laughs> they, they built a statue outside the stadium. 
that he was primarily responsible for. Exactly. Yes. So anyway, we don't have to talk about that anymore. But that's are our, you done? I am. I'm done. I'm <laughs> Wait, finished. I don't have to say anymore. Take a breath. Yes. Are you done? Yes, I'm done. Okay. I promise. Steam is no longer coming out of his ears. Yeah, so I think, I think we're, we're okay. good. We will go back to the NFL. And the, we're not going to talk about this next week. No, we're not. Not, not unless Jim say tweets again, and then we might have to do an entire podcast about it. <laughs> Return of the emergency quarterback. Yeah, the NFL owners have approved a new rule this week that the teams can activate a third quarterback during a game if the starter and backup are unable to play, which I will actually rant about this for a minute <laughs> too, you guys, but not, not quite as strong about the Jim Irsay thing. Because this change has stemmed from the uh, NFC Championship game, which saw Brock Purdy and backup Josh Johnson get hurt for the um, for the San Francisco 49ers against the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, if you don't remember, let me educate you on what happened after the 2019 season. So in the January 2020 playoffs, just before COVID changed our lives forever, there existed a game where the Philadelphia Eagles were playing against the Seattle Seahawks. And there was a horrific, in my mind, very dirty hit by Jadavion Clowney on Carson Wentz that knocked him out of the game in the first quarter. And shortly after that, after Josh McCown came in to back up Carson Wentz, McCown was knocked, well, he'd stayed in the game. He tore his hamstring literally off his bone, but played for the rest of the game because he was a tough dude out there. You know what happened next that offseason? Nothing. The Eagles didn't complain. The Eagles didn't go run the gambit about whining to this person and that person. You know why? Because they had two guys on their roster. They made the choice to put those two quarterbacks active and to make a third quarterback inactive. And you always have a quote-unquote emergency just in case this happens, which rarely does. But this offseason, the 49ers, they whine, whine, whine because things didn't go their way in the NFC Championship game because something happened that that happens in the NFL. It does not happen often. It happened at a bad time for them, but it's wine, wine, wine. We couldn't we couldn't keep up with the Eagles because we lost our quarterback. We lost our backup. What are we supposed to do in that scenario? Wine here, wine there. Well, like I said, the Eagles a couple of years ago are just like, you know what? It happened. We move on. Like, not even complaining about the dirty hit, which I'll complain about with Jadavion Clowney, about that, that knocked Carson Wentz out of that game that completely changed the Eagles' fortunes in that playoffs. So here we go. Uh, another team, uh, and, and the NFL changed. They capitulated and, uh, and, and made this change to be able to activate a third QB yet again if the starter and backup are unable to play. I was surprised, I, I, and I'd forgotten, that this was, a, this was the rule from, like, 1991 to 2002. Ten, I think it was. That's, that's what that I was read. A thing in the yep. past, yes. yes. And I, I guess I don't know why you go away from it. Right. What what they did was they had an agreement from the collective bargaining agreement Correct. that they extend, they expanded the active game day roster from forty five to forty six, instead and got rid of the emergency quarterback. The, the intent then is then teams, if you think you need a third quarterback on the roster, you have that spot. But teams mostly chose. Back up offensive linemen. We need an extra running back. We need, you know, tight end or whatever. They did not use it for the quarterback spot. So the emergency quarterback basically went away. And this is good for players because then there's another player that gets a game day roster right. check. You know, like they make more money near the bottom of the roster. So it's a benefit for them. It's a benefit for a lot of people in the NFLPA who are working to make it into this league, they get more of a chance to be known and maybe one day earn that second contract. So that's the impetus for that. The, the, the thing that I've never understood, and I have had a talk with Bill Polian about this when he was a longtime competition committee guy, about you've got a 53-player roster, you, you inactivate 
what is it, six or seven guys every game. Right. Yeah, I've never – I don't understand why well, you have a 53-man roster. His response was it is a tool to even the playing field. If Team A comes in completely healthy and Team B has six or seven players who are out short-term, it's, 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 it's unequal as far as competition. What well, tough, sort of. I mean, it's sort of don't, – don't penalize a team for being healthy – it's just crazy that all week you, you practice all these guys and you expect these guys, you know, X number of guys to play, and then comes, what, 90 minutes before the game, you have to inactivate players. I, I don't get it. I don't see what it hurts to have these guys active. And I understand your point that, that this was a reaction by a team. You know, Christian McCaffrey threw a pass in the game. He did. And he was warming up to be the guy, and they yep. put Purdy out there, and he couldn't throw up from here to there. Exactly. But – I don't understand what the big deal was about having a guy who all he can do is play if the other two guys get hurt. You, you, he practices all week. Now, the one stipulation in this rule is he has to be on your 53-player roster. Right. So you have to carry three quarterbacks on your roster. Right. You can't You can't just take someone off right. your practice squad, yeah. for right. example. But you can't go with, you can elevate two or three guys on game day. Yeah, you can't yeah. play that game where you Correct. just do that every week. Yeah. Right. But the, the way the rosters are now, we're so – in Ameren with the 53, but with the 15, 16 player practice squad, it's roughly a 69 player roster because everybody moves up and down all this, but it's just, it shouldn't be this big of a deal where it takes a vote and this, that, and the other. It's crazy to not have these guys active, all of them on game day. And, and if you're healthy, then good for you. Some uh, stipulations with this rule. The emergency quarterback cannot play simply because the others are performing badly. Benching doesn't do it. Right. The emergency quarterback has to be removed if a starter or backup can re-enter, which I think is a very vague rule because you mentioned Purdy was able to get back well, into the game. Well, yeah, what, what's, now, what's the, the what, level of... But they, may not have medic- they may have not have medically cleared him right. if they had the option to right. take him out. So, I mean, it's just, it, it opens up the door for vague, shenanigans, yeah. Is, yeah. is what I'm saying. So, uh, so nevertheless, uh, this is something that hopefully is not an issue. And, and, and like, I, I hate that it was an issue in the NFC Championship game uh, because, because here we are uh, m- months later, and then this, is, uh, this has been a headache for... Um, for a, a, anyway, uh, the emergency quarterback is back. I, I, I don't know if I mentioned or I, if I was mistaken. I mentioned in the story that when the Colts one play away from an emergency quarterback against the Giants, when Foles went out with a concussion, and then Ellinger went I think in. So because yeah, it and been, Ryan was inactive. Right. So we were one play away from who would have Jelani uh, Woods, quarterback at uh, who's quarterback at UVR or at Oklahoma State. Before he became tight end, that have been fun to see. I would have loved to see it. That, that'd be pretty awesome. Like I said, like I saw last year in, in training camp, just inside, like that first day of training camp when everybody went inside because it was raining out. I saw him throwing the ball back and forth with one or two of the other tight ends, and that ball shot out of his arm because he's six seven and two hundred fifty pounds. A preview of Anthony Richardson. It might be, but like I would, I would have loved to see what he could do. Not not thinking that he could do. Uh, all that much schematically, but just athletically at that position would be a lot of fun. Would have been fun because nothing else was fun. Yeah, nothing. No, no, it wasn't. Uh, Also, one of the things from the old rule was that if the quarter, if the emergency quarterback went in before the fourth quarter, you were stuck with him. Okay. 
So we'd have to stay there. Yeah, that's, that's so, the old rule. That was the old rule. Okay. The old rule. And then if the emergency guy gets hurt, you go to the real emergency. Yeah, guy. the absolute mm-hmm. emergency emergency guy. Okay. So let, let's cover this rule at the bottom first, and then we'll jump back up to the other. The kickoff fair catch change rule. Uh, the owners have approved a rule that would spot the ball at the twenty-five yard line if a fair catch on a kickoff. Uh, if a player calls for a fair catch on a kickoff, doesn't matter where they call it the fair catch. It's a college rule, right? It mm-hmm. is. It is. That's correct. When so, in in twenty eighteen, according to some of the it'll the be a one season trial for this next year, which is how some of these rules are often implemented. And uh, Matt, as you know, to your special teams coordinators have unanimously opposed this rule change and said the teams would turn maybe to more squib kicks to to kind of skirt the rule and figure out a way to to still still give them an advantage because this is this is a big advantage. Field position is a huge advantage for teams. We hear Five coaches talk about like it. nothing. It's a big it's deal. Everything it is. It's all the time. Deal. Yeah. So I, I mean, they're they're going to be. They're going to try to figure out a way to do this. And we saw Rigoberto Sanchez became one of the best in the league at getting it inside the five-yard right. line. Because that, that's what down. you want. You, right. You know, if you get in the end zone, okay, that's fine. Out to the 25. But rarely, it does happen, but rarely when a guy gets the ball inside the five and he's forced to return it, does he get it out back to the 25? Yeah. I think squib kicks are going to be really risky. I think so, too. Because you you you've got to get it, it You've got to get it down far enough to where it's not inside the 20 or whatever. But it, where – but – I just think it's crazy. I mean, I understand. This is a league that's hell-bent on safety, safety, safety. But there's only so much you can do safety-wise. And I saw a stat. I wish I could have found it to bring it in here. But this is a result of the the inordinate number of concussions percentage-wise that happen on kickoffs. Correct. And somebody with ESPN or The Athletic broke it down, and most of the – concussions from kickoffs came from bringing the ball out of the end zone, which you've not eliminated at all. So you're still going to have that. Right. So That's still I, a thing. <laughs> it, it's, you know, th- th- it, it's still football. And, and most of the players say, you know, you can't legislate violence out of the game. That's what they're trying to do with some of the things on what you can do with the quarter. Some of the quarterback things on roughing was just ridiculous last year. I'm not in favor of this. And, you know, Devin Hester, you think Devin Hester would like this? Oh, no. Like, can, he, can he'd you probably ma- still bring it out anyway. Could He's you like, imagine Devin Hester fair catching the ball at the 10? No. Absolutely not. So I don't even know if I can imagine Dallas Flowers fair catching the ball. Like, he, oh, he like, took, he, oh, no, he, he would, took he would take it. Yards deep. He took one back eight or nine yards deep. Yeah. You're thinking, and there are times I'd say, they're giving you the 25-yard line if, uh-huh. you, if you kneel it. So I, I don't I don't like it. I, I sort of understand if the league was so interested, committed to safety, there wouldn't be Thursday games and there wouldn't be Thursday night flexing and all this stuff. So I just, I just, I'm not on board. You bring up a very interesting point there, Mike <laughs> Chappell, because that leads us directly into the fact that the NFL owners have approved flexible games on Thursday night football. They're so concerned about player safety that they say they can give you like two or three weeks warning, or th- I think it's four, it's I think it's 28, 20, days. It's 28 days. So it's warning. four weeks warning, excuse me, that uh, there might be another Thursday night game in your future if you are a... Uh, if you are an NFL team. So, yeah, they care so much about your safety, they're going to put you on Thursday night if again. If players had the leverage, the one thing they would get rid of are Thursday games. Yes. Without question. Yes. So the, it passed with a 24-8 to 8 vote, which is the minimum number of votes needed yep. to only, approve Only slid by by 
Yeah, by, by, by a thread. Um, the NFL can flip Thursday night games in weeks 13 to 17, so they're hoping to avoid. Like, this is this is to capitulate to a new television mm-hmm. or Our broadcast Amazon overlords in, on Thursday. Indeed they are. They're trying to uh, give throw them a bone here and not let them have a well, dud of a they game. They are paying, you know, billions good money. Of they, dollars. They, they are. are. To be fair, they are paying a lot of money. And to be fair, NFL players are making a lot of money to it, be out it's there. It's a double-edged sword. It is. And most players, I think, especially younger ones, will take more money and less downtime or turnaround time between games. Most players, I think, younger players are okay with this. They are fine with the risk. DeForest Buckner would prefer not to, you know? Uh, This is his third or fourth contract that he's on right now in the NFL. So I just use him as as an example, not because I've talked to DeForest about this. I think the older the player, the more veteran the player, the less they like these. Right. And there's a Friday game. This year, mm-hmm. yep, the Black, Black Friday. Friday game. Mm-hmm. So it's they're, they're going to if they could play Fridays regularly, they would. Oh, I think so. Too. Say if the NFL could get away with a game every day of the week, they they would try mm-hmm. to do it because mm-hmm. so, they know it means eyeballs and money and advertisers. Mm-hmm. So the NFL had tabbed an earlier version of the proposal here in March because Giants own well, uh, Giants owner John Marr had called it disruptive to fans, and that's another aspect of this. Mm-hmm. Fans who want to go to this game, who have plans to go to, I don't know, the Colts week, whatever, late season game somewhere, and then all of a sudden it gets flexed to a Thursday night football. Well, I made plans to fly in on Saturday and go to the game on Sunday and then fly home on Monday. And now I have to change all my plans. It's Airline, really, airlines don't care. They're yeah, not, no, they not, don't. They're not going to give that's you the problem. That's another problem here. Like, it's it's not good for, for the fans. And it's, it's certainly easier for the home fans to maybe make changes. But for the road fans who are going to try to see one of their teams um, in, in a special place, you put build a vacation around going to New York City or going down to Miami, for example. Going in, to Vegas. Yeah, going you know, to Vegas. Completely. Like it, it's it's not it, it's it's a well tough luck uh, from the NFL to Deal the fans because well this company Amazon is paying us uh, billions of dollars to be able to broadcast our games so we're going to do what they want right now instead of what the players want and it's only going to be three or, four, or what two times is it two or three times it can happen there, yeah max I think they said there's a maximum they can only use that twice right so so anyway the vote the teams that voted against it were the giants the jets the packers the bears the raiders the lions the bengals and the steelers per adam schefter so you can thank jim ursay for passing this rule colts fans you're right there's one like i said there's one vote there was one vote but uh but anyway um and and of course depending upon the matchup too i could also see a scenario where they they don't flex anybody because teams are still not allowed to play more than two thursday night games so you could run into a situation where you know, like the Bears already have two games, and I don't expect that they would be flexed in, but you you, you never know. Now they can't in weeks yeah. 13 through 17. And I heard that if you have one road Thursday night game, you cannot play two Thursday night road games in a year. So that, that would be something like Depends on what the, the schedule, how it lines up and right. stuff. Yes, so, exactly. So there know, are some rules to, to kind of uh, say, oh, but we're still kind of caring about player safety here where d- just – don't look at the man behind the curtain type uh, type scenario. But Tr- anyway. Trust us. Yeah, exactly. Just trust us. Uh, I did want to get one more quote there about the uh, fair catch rule from my guy, Syracuse's own Zaire Franklin, who, of course, made his name in the NFL on special teams and now earned a second contract in the NFL and is starting and playing big minutes on defense. You think special teams wasn't important for him and, and for being seen and for earning trust in that locker room, whatever. Like Zaire says, at what point are you just going to accept football as a violent game? If you want to play seven on seven, just say that. 
you can't keep trust trying to phase out parts of the game. So that's what that's what a lot of players believe. Even guys like Zaire, who's now earned that second contract because he knows the value of special teams for his career. So anyway, that's all we really have to talk about that. So then we can turn our attention to OTAs, which begin this week. Ten OTA practices in total coming up. We will get to see all the Colts on the field all at once, preparing for the 2023 season. A lot of things that we can look for that we uh, can report on some things and some things teams chap in the past. We'll have been, see. Yeah, exactly. been kind of hemming and hawing about like what, what we're allowed to say. I know we're, we're allowed to go out there and, and shoot video. So maybe for the first 10 or 15 minutes, like it's kind of fair game. Maybe. I don't but, know. But you're not going to see who lines up in the offensive line. You're not exactly. going to see – you know, the, the, the cornerback rotation and all this. And that's... And that, that's, those are the things that we're kind of interested that's in. That's what we want to know. Again, they're, they're going to let us see things, but then they're going to tell us what we can report on what we saw, which is, you know, the alternative is to, is to not see anything. Exactly. So we'll see. And the Colts are very, very uh, good about letting us do a lot. They're helpful letting us do what we can. To the limit. Yes. yes. So that's From, and you either deal with it or you don't go out there. So for all of us we have a top five, top five, top five <laughs> list of things we hope to see at Colts OTAs this week. By the way, you can follow us on Twitter. Mike is at mchapel51 uh, for his observations or whatever he's allowed to tweet out there uh, at, at uh, OTAs. I'm at Dave G underscore sports. I'm still kicking around what I'm going to do uh, over this week, whether it's Colts or whether it's being at the track, because obviously I'll be there's at a track. Race this week? Say, say there's a, yeah, yeah, there's a, a fairly race. notable race. A fairly major on. one coming up this, this weekend. Um, you can follow us as a team at Colts Blue Zone for news and notes throughout the week as well. Uh, but top five things we hope to see at OTAs. We'll start with one each of us and then go down the list to five because uh, I, th- I think that we'll have maybe a little bit more uh, more in sync at the top. Um, and once, then, we get, once we get past Jim Brown at the top, exactly. we'll be, there'll, be, there'll be diversity. There's some, uh, there's some uh, arguments to be made after that. Gosh, Mike, why do you bring that up again? Get me all... <laughs> bothered over here anyway uh top five things we hope to see at otas and after that there wasn't a whole lot of uh, direction here so we we could have some similar things uh some more specific less specific things to talk about but uh, but I'll, I'll go first with my number one and, and then chap and then matt and uh and then we'll kind of uh give our reasons and then we can kind of kick around and talk about it after that and then we'll go down to number two etc cetera, etc cetera. so uh for for me the, the first thing i hope to see at otas is I said a capable Anthony Richardson. I don't need to see him perfect. I don't need to see him in a full command mode out there from what we're allowed to see. But I want to see him capable. I want to see him out there uh, making some good plays and some bad plays because you're going to learn. I just don't want to look out there and see a guy who's completely over his head right now because this is just OTAs. This is the beginning of everything. We're, we're, not, we're not one day away from a game. I'm not going to live and die by every throw that comes out of his hand. But I, I, like, I already know that he's athletic. I already know know that he can run he could throw the ball a mile that's obvious I want to see him go out there and show that he at least has some idea of what he is doing and is not completely being directed everywhere and is looking around like what's going on where am I supposed to be who am I supposed to throw it to like show a semblance of knowledge right now that you have picked up in your first couple weeks here in Indianapolis that you can build on for the future that's not my number one I want to see a capable Anthony Richardson chap how about you I'll I'll take sort of a, a different direction with that I want to see how they handle Richardson and Gardner Minshew with reps. All we've heard uh, during the offseason since the draft is, is, remember what Ballard said is we drafted him for what he can be in the future. But then they said reps, reps, reps. 
offseason, preseason, and, and that's fine. But they can't give him every first-team rep because you've got to get Mark Gardner Minshew ready just in case. I mean, I'm, I'm still – and I've said this. I, I totally believe that Gardner Minshew will be the most ready quarterback for September 10th. He's a veteran. He's been in the system. But they, if, if they can get Richardson to whatever level it needs to be below Minshew, then I start him. But how do you how do you get the rookie the reps he needs, and he needs every rep he can get, with also getting the veteran guy enough reps? Once the, the argument I've made is, let's say they start the season and, and Minshew's the starter. Well, once the season starts, how do you get the rookie enough reps to to make a difference? So it's really going to be interesting how they how they kind of divvy up the reps. Most teams that have a quarterback. He gets the reps, whether it's Carson Wentz or Phillip Rivers or or Matt Ryan. They take the reps. The backup runs the scout team. But here they've got sort of two guys, and they've got to get them both ready just in case. I want to see how they kind of divvy it up. All right, Matt, your number one thing you want to see at Colts OTAs this week. It involves Anthony Richardson. How does he look out there? And, and I really want to know, will he – and you may not be able to see this yet, but – I'd like to know, does he have chemistry and uh, with Joshua Downs, especially in the wide receiving core? That, I, that's what I want to see. Okay, cool. I, 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 I like to – obviously, all of us have Anthony Richardson number one. I just wondered how each of us would take it. And, like, like Chap, I think I think the reps is, is going to be really intriguing all throughout the summer, too, for sure. I think, And, that, and that's something we can watch we, – we can see in practice. Yes, exactly. They're, they're not going to – the day – I think we get about six days or seven days – when we can watch practice, mm-hmm. I think it's six. Yeah, they're not going to disrupt those six practices to keep us guessing. No. So what we see for the most part will be how they're going to do it now, and in training camp. They, they can't afford to keep us guessing. Like, exactly. They, they need to get ready. And, and, and I'll go back as I always do to Carson Wentz in 2021, where I didn't mean to mention I know, his well, name. Well, they all they they canceled like OTAs. They only had like basically the one mandatory minicamp because this was the year after COVID, and, and they just had that one session, and that was it. And the 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 uh, the company line would be well. Carson and Frank have worked together before, so he should be uh, in, in good uh, on a good page with him. He'll be able to pick it up quickly. That team was not ready to go week no. one for many reasons. I believe number one primarily was canceling the off season. Basically, number two, he obviously got hurt in, 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 in uh, first or second practice. Exactly. Yeah. So that 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 compounded it completely. Just disrupted so you, your whole learning yeah. curve. So, so you can't do one thing. Like you can't just say, "Oh, we'll get Anthony Richardson more reps in training camp." You need the reps now because you don't know what's going to happen in training camp. So that, 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 that's the point that I was trying to make. Like, he needs to get some reps now for sure. And by, by the time the training camp comes around, I, I think that, uh, that, like that that will get more intriguing. Don't you as, think they'll the know by around. training camp whether he gets it or not? I, th- I, was, I, yes. I would hope so. I, I, yeah. I, would, I would like to think that they will know. And, and maybe if they don't know, then you know. Yeah. So I, yeah. and everything we've seen and heard and heard from these players is this kid's a, a smart, he's a quick learner, uh, and he's a leader. We'll, we'll see about that. Well, and, yeah. and you don't know because this this week they started OTAs yesterday. This is the first time that they've really kind of been out there, you know, playing almost football. Right, almost football. Almost football. So, so but it's important. Every rep he gets is important. Don't, you know, don't tell me that reps – are important and then you don't give him what he needs 
So it, it's really going to be an interesting offseason and uh, training camp. All right, let's go to number two, our top five things we hope to see at Colts OTAs. Chap first, Matt second. I'll wrap things up. Chap, what do you have for number two? Check. I, I, I'm not expecting Shaquille Leonard to be out there taking every rep, doing everything. I hope he's doing something. I just do. He had surgery in, gosh, November. Uh, his second, he's had two surgeries in less than a year. The first one didn't work. Uh, and to me, the, the drop-down date is the start of training camp. For him to be out there practicing, just practicing, and being then being ready to go sort of full bore on, on in September. But I would like to see him doing something as opposed to just being a cheerleader and, and a coach. I think it would be a decent step for him to be out there doing something to give us. Because if he's not, if we don't see him out there now or in Veterans of Minicamp, then, then these questions linger until, and, until training camp. So I want to see him doing something because he's vital to this defense. Matt Adams, your number two thing you want to see at Colts OTAs. Very similar to Mike. Um, Shaq Leonard, what's his status going to be? And then also because they're pretty thin at linebacker. So if he's not ready to go, they didn't draft anybody. We don't have any free agents. There's still some time. There will be cuts and that sort of thing. Uh, but I would really like to see Shaq out there moving around, seeing what we get. And then I had added to that another injured player in there, essential to the team but not as pivotal a position, Rigoberto Sanchez. I've not heard much about uh, his his recovery and because the punting game was not uh, very good last year. Rigo was one of the best in the game when he was healthy. So I, I don't know uh, where his recovery is, if he'll be able to be out there, but I'd like to get a, an update on him as yeah, well. Yeah, my, mine was just wide here at number two. It was just healthy players. I, I want to see healthy players. And that starts with Shaquille Leonard. Uh, guys who were injured last year include Jonathan Taylor, Tyquan Lewis, Rigoberto Sanchez, Alec Ogletree, Isaiah Rogers. All of them were on IR, I believe, or injured at the end of the year. So I want to see of them who is back, uh, who is not back, um, who is fully back. You know, that there are different levels of being back here. And also to stay healthy. Like, that's, that's, that's huge. Is that this time of year, you don't want anyone to get who, tweaked. Who, who or, just blew out an Achilles? Um, a guy in the, with the Giants, was it? Yes. Yeah. Armani Rogers, I that, think it was. Yeah, some, something like I that. I mean, that's the idea. Devastating. And, and, you know, Sanchez blows out his... Achilles running in practice, running in, yeah. at the end of training camp, and so yeah, I, I I hear you with that. The one the one thing that that we need to keep in mind is teams, including this team at the top of the list. If a guy is not ready, really ready, he's not going to be out there. Right. This is the time to give you more time. So everything you said is right. I keep I keep saying check just because he's it's been since November, and the the first. His, his first rehab from the surgery was like three months. And we're well past that, although they told us, you know, they hurried along too much. I just want to see <laughs> proof of life yes. yeah. with Shaq out there. But but the rest of the other guys you mentioned, I've got one of those later on, but all really important to see him doing something. Yeah, and you're not wrong with saying this is a time of year to rest players if they are not ready. Like if Shaquille Leonard's not ready, I don't want to see him exactly. out there for the Colts fan. But... Like, it just, if he's not there, it, it starts the, oh, here we go again exactly. mentality in exactly. your head because of what happened last year. That's something you don't want as a fan, as a coach on that team, as a player on that team who's in the locker room with him. Like, you, you want to see him out there actually playing. 
Yes. So, number three. Uh, number three things we hope to see at OTAs. Matt Adams first. I'll go second. Chap, you'll wrap things up with number three. It goes a little bit back to the top of the show. What's up at tight end? Just because they have so many guys out there. Who's going to do what? Who's going to be, uh, you know, ahead of the pack? What are they going to do with Will Mallory? I-, I think Jelani Woods is the one that I know is going to stick outside of that. I don't know. I mean, Mo Alley's been there for a while. He's probably their best blocker, but they also brought in Pharaoh Brown to do some blocking as well. So it's just, it's, there's so many guys out there. I'm just real interested to see kind of how they split things up, who stands out, that sort of thing. All right. My number three thing I hope to see at OTAs is participation slash contracts being done. So I, I would love to see guys like Michael Pittman Jr. and Jonathan Taylor and Kenny Moore out there for sure. And I don't know for sure they'll be out there. They're not going to be out there. But last year, Kenny Moore was not participating during some of the offseason. And I think injuries had something to do with that, uh, to be fair to Kenny. Um, but there was some talk last year, even last year, about him holding out. And all of us uh, on this podcast or even in the writer's room were uh, not, uh, not optimistic anything would really get done. And nothing did get done. And I don't know if anything would get done with Kenny right now anyway, because they're still trying to see... Uh, what he is in this defense. And there are two other guys who are probably more important, uh, especially to the offense of this team with Michael Pittman Jr. and Jonathan Taylor. So you want to see everybody there participating. You don't want to see any holdouts. And I don't think either JT or Pittman would hold out. I, like, I, I can't say for sure. But like, I would love to see their contracts get done right now because you, you have an idea of what your future is going to be here. You have a rookie quarterback, a rookie contract that you have some flexibility chap to get things done. Um, so, so I want to see people out there, and I would love to see one of the contracts, if not both contracts with Pittman or JT, get done. So uh, on to you for your number three, and then we can discuss all these. One thing back on yours, yeah, you I, touch I on think it, they yeah. got the extensions done with Shaq and Smith and who was it, Naheem Hines, was it? Mm-hmm. During tra- at the end it of was, training camp. yeah, that's what Shaq was saying. So you, sure. you may be very... I'm up- hopeful, yes. Yes. I, I, Hope I, springs I, eternal. I'd be surprised if that happens, but it, it'd be great in the end. Do you yes. do one, do you both, whatever. That's a really interesting dynamic we've touched on before. My, my number three is the offensive line rotation. I just want to see how this is going to line up because they've done nothing, okay, almost nothing <laughs> to improve this group. The most important offseason addition is a guy that's not going to play, Tony Sperano Jr., which which is totally damning on Chris Strasser. I mean, how else do you read it? So I want to see who's – is it right guard? Is it is it Will Fries? I assume. Mm-hmm. And and then what's what's the the depth? Uh, I'm not way up to up to his name now. Iki. What what's the the, the local kid Iki? Um, uh, oh, uh, Emil. Emir uh, Emir uh, Emir Ekior. 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 Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Ekior. He, he could he, the, he he could be the backup at guard, and almost just as important, wh- what do your tackle backups look like? Somebody has got to develop into a swing tackle. Mm-hmm. Is it Blake Freeland? Probably. So you're putting a, a <laughs> you throw a up rookie. your hands. You say probably. Well, yeah. g- g- give me, give me, give me another it. name. Give me what, another, what, exactly. Yeah. Give me another <laughs> yeah. name. That's what I want to see. And, and, and in OTAs, we will see whether reported. I'm not sure. We got to mm-hmm. get clarification, but we will see with our eyes how they're running these guys on the offensive line. Yeah, I'm still not convinced that they're they're done adding guards like a veteran guard maybe to compete especially with will fries or emil ecchi or whoever it is in the interior for that starting job so 
Like, I, I left offensive line off my list, but I, I think it's very interesting how that obviously transpires over the next couple weeks for sure. For sure. All right, number four. Uh, top five things we hope to see at Colts OTAs this week. I'll go first, chap, then Matt. My number four is I want one rookie to wow me. One. Give me one. Because right now everyone's learning, so, like, you don't expect anybody to be— Minus a quarterback? It could be the quarterback. Okay. It could include the quarterback. I, I just said, like, earlier, I don't need Anthony Richardson to wow me, and I'm fine with that. that I, was do, kind of, I do, but you, go ahead. You need him to wow you right now. He has to. No. Like, I, I'm fine with him not wowing me. I'm fine with him being fine for now. Um, I, I, I want one rookie to be, like, to really catch my eye. Josh Downs. Whether it's Josh Downs, who I would love to see Josh Downs. Whether it's Blake Freeland, nobody can get by him, you know. Uh, uh, Adi Adibare. If if he's just like you can't really, it's hard to tell with defensive line I, I, and offensive I, I, I line. I want to tell people that it's not that I'm going to be ignoring him, right? But it's very hard for me to announce his Tommy. Perfect. Um, like may, maybe Darius Rush gets like three interceptions or something like that. And I know it's hard because it's not true eleven on eleven. Uh, but we got uh, you know, Will Mallory. Maybe he's catching everything thrown his way. Um, all, all these guys. Evan Hall looks really good out of the mm-hmm. backfield, catching the ball. So, like, I, I want one guy to catch my eye and say, you know what? I really think this guy is going to be a player. I don't care who it is because, like I said, right now I expect everyone to be learning and not at their potential yet. But hopefully, one guy is ahead of the curve. That'd be fantastic if I'm out there, if I'm a Colts fan, I'd, and if I can watch him and tell you that this guy see, appears to be ahead of the curve right now. Chap, who do you have? What do you have for number four? Yeah, Tell five I, things. I, I, I'm more positional because that's how my brain yeah. is. I want to see how the cornerback situation is. And the problem is the projected, maybe the top corner, Juju Brents, won't be out there. Right. With, with, with the broken wrist rehab. But I just want to see how they line up and how, which tells me how Gus Bradley views the the cornerback room. Safeties I'm okay with. I, I, I had hoped all along they'd bring in a veteran corner. I just don't think that's going to happen. I just – I, I think, think they count Kenny as that guy, really. Yeah, sort of. but I mean, outside, I just outside. I know, the I know, I know, I know. I, I think, like you said, like a guard, and I don't want to disparage guards, but I think you can bring in a guard late and he can play. I really do. Mike Chapel hates guards. I Typical know. Well, I just, I just, I just, I, just have them, I don't have him in the top three of my position priorities. <laughs> but I think at corner, you need time with a group. So although Kenny Moore, you know, came in once the season began, I think. His first year, I want to see how the corners are. Isaiah Rogers and Kenny, and, and, and those guys. I want to see, and, and they get the two young kids as well. I want to see how this team views their cornerback depth. All right, Matt, what do you got? Number four. Um, I, I'll. I had cornerback play in in my list, nice. so I'll just go ahead and discuss that as All well. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very similar to, to what Mike had to say. I think Juju Brents is probably going to be a day one starter. Uh, what we get from the uh, on the other side, whether it's Darius Rush, whether you know, Isaiah Rogers, D- Dallas Flowers, whoever that is, I just kind of want to see um, what that group's looking like, what the pecking order is going to be with cornerbacks. Yeah. All right, yeah, completely. I think cornerback is definitely um, definitely a good topic. All right, we're on to number five. Our last thing, our top five things we hope to see at Colts OTAs this week. Chap, uh, if you want to go first, and then Matt will go second. I'll round things out, and uh, then we can uh, break it all down afterward. What do you got? You touched on it. The health, JT. I had JT. Yeah. And I think there's a really good chance that he doesn't practice. He had the surgery after the season. Of, what was it? Clean up, take particles out of his ankle, whatever. <laughs> a procedure. Yeah, well, a procedure. Quote uh, so I, I think he can miss time, although this is a new offense and they need to get guys involved. But I want to see how he's he, he's coming along, which, I don't, again, I don't think I will. But 
I had almost forgot all the long list of guys that you Taquan Lewis. Mm-hmm. He, he's really important to that defensive line. Rigo, yeah. we've not seen him talk to him since before he blew out the Achilles. Yeah. Like, we didn't talk to him at all in training camp because that was early in training camp. That was right. even the first or second day, something like and that. And you don't talk, you know. We don't talk to them the unless, offseason. Unless he's Pat McAfee, like we, you don't talk to punters. No, we probably, did, we probably didn't talk to him since the end of the 2021 so, season. And, and Carson he, Wentz was still the quarterback here and we talked to Rigo Sanchez last. And, and Rigo is, is he a pro bowler? Yeah, pro, he's right Fringe. there. But he's good. Yeah. He's really good. So I want to see, again, I, I would think with the mechanics of a punter, that's got to put such a strain, a sudden strain on the Achilles. I want to see how he's getting along, and I hope to talk that we can talk to him tomorrow. We'll see. Mm, that'd be great. All right, Matt, you're number five. I want to see some explosiveness, some consistent explosiveness from Dio Odangbo. Dio. Dio Odangbo. Yes. Because um, I think he came on a little bit at the end of last year, but, boy, if he can get going with Quiddy Pay there on the outside with the rush, it'd be great. And this is the second year removed from that Achilles injury and surgery that he had. So um, I think if uh, that that would be my big wish list was, hey, mm-hmm. get, get Odangbo healthy and, and looking great. Yeah, my, my number five is tight ends, which you talked about earlier, Matt. So which I, one? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, what, what are we doing here, guys? What, what, what's the deal with tight ends? So what's the deal with that? that that's what I want to see at, uh, at Colts camp this week. Yeah, I, all, all, um, all worthy additions, I think, all of them. So um, let's, let, let's get healthy. Let's stay healthy. Um, well, let's uh, watch a quarterback uh, grow and mature. Let's see some dynamic plays from Dio or others. I just want to see Richardson show that it's not too big for him. Which is what we've touched Which on. Which is kind of mm-hmm. what I wanted. To, I just said that in a different way. Yeah. 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 Just, and again, I, I remember when, and it's not fair. It's not. I remember when Peyton came in and I remember when Andrew Luck came in, they took control. Mm-hmm. They, they, I mean, I remember they, they were saying how Andrew was calling plays that were like the sixth chapter of the playbook on the first day. And they said, no, let's dial it back a little bit. <laughs> but you want the quarterback to take control and, and be the guy without being overbearing and I don't know if we're going to see that during OTAs, but again, like you said, how does he interact? And is he, can he slip into the leadership role? And follow uh, Mike, all of Mike's work online, fox59.com, cbs4indy.com. Read the stories that he will produce over the next couple, uh, well, tomorrow specifically, but over the next couple weeks for sure. I've got my type, top five posting a little bit later today. Oh, but all right, all right. Probably by the time this uh, this podcast drops, yeah. it'll be out there. You can head online yep. right now. Check it out. So uh, if you have not subscribed to us, do so already. Get us delivered to your podcast listening device as soon as we drop. For Mike Chappell and Matt Adams, I'm Dave Griffiths. Appreciate you listening. We will see you next week on the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. <laughs>